Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hi, everyone. Uh, We're back for our last study of Revelation this week. Um, We are in chapter 2, and we have been looking at the letters that Christ has been writing to His churches. We've looked at the letter that Christ wrote to the uh, church at Ephesus, and... um, He was telling them that you guys were doing great works and everything, but, you know, you're patient and you've endured and you're you're discerning, uh, you know, different teachers, trying to make sure that uh, they're teaching sound doctrine, but you've lost the ability to love. You've lost the ability, your first love. You've lost that... um, you're doing good works, but you forgot how to love. And then the church in Smyrna, um, he commends them for being just rich, spiritually rich, enduring their persecution. And he's uh, warning them that you're getting ready to have even more stuff that you're going to have to go through. So he's really commending them for their faith. And then in Pergamum, um this church in Pergamum, um, what we've been looking at, they've been faithful, but they were allowing some false teaching in the church. And so Christ is saying to these, um, you know, I'm the one with the sharp two edged sword. You know, he's describing himself a little bit and he's saying Look, um, I know that you're holding fast in my name and you don't deny my faith. And uh, and there was a servant of mine, Antipas. He was killed, you know, for his faith. So I know you're holding fast. I know you're being faithful. But also you're letting other teachers uh, like... Um, Balaam, who uh, was teaching uh, this other fellow, Balak, um, to allow 
sexual immorality. Uh, and so he was kind of going uh back to this and it's almost like a a uh, reference back to the Old Testament prophet Balaam um who advised Moab's uh king to seduce try to seduce the Israelites as a way to defeat them and so he's saying it's almost like this this practice is is the same kind of practice you know just wear them down so that they won't be so faithful with sinful teaching and um so he's saying um he who has an ear uh, i guess we'll start in um verse 16 officially therefore repent he's telling them to repent of this and, and and stay faithful if not i will come to you soon and war against them with the word of my the sword of my mouth now the sword of christ's mouth is the truth the sharp the the double-edged sword, the two-edged sword that Christ describes of himself, the word of God, and that will cut through all that false teaching. Verse 17, this is chapter 2. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This is the Spirit of God talking. To the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna. Hidden manna, meaning Christ himself. You will have Christ. And I will give him a white stone with a new name written on the stone that no one knows except the one who receives it. Now, this white stone reference is um, a reference like to victors in a game. They would give a victor a white stone to enter the banquet. It's kind of like a, a golden ticket, you know, kind of concept. But you'd have a white stone to to enter a banquet of celebration. Or uh, a stone like this was used also to somebody uh, at a trial who's acquitted. In other words, they've got now a representation that they've, they're innocent. So a new name. And so um, a reference that, you know, you're going to be a conqueror and a victor. And you're going to be a part of this celebration. Because there's no charge against you. So now uh, we shift again. We're in uh, verse 18. We're still in chapter 2. But now there's going to be a letter to the church at um, Thyatira. Um, Verse 18 and... To the angel of the church in Thyatira write the words of the Son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. So in this image, it's always it seems to be always an image of Christ that sort of corresponds to the church. Something about that church or something about that church is not quite right. And so you see an attribute of Christ that can address it. So Thyatira was a town, according to my study Bible, was a town that seemed to get its identity through its economics. They had a lot of people there dealing with metals and fabrics, and uh, they had a lot of their um, economic uh, 
um, identities would have periodic uh, festivals and celebrations, you know, of their, um, of who they were. So Christ is saying, you know, I'm, my feet are like burnished bronze and, uh, what I stand on is even more strong, more pure, better than the bronze that you guys are making. Verse 19, I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance. Christ says, I know all that. I got that. I know what you're going through. And that your later works exceed the first. Okay. But I have this against you. You go, there's something you guys are doing wrong. There's something you guys aren't doing right. That you tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. Now, this my study Bible, you know, would say, you know, this is sort of like Jezebel of the Bible uh, in the Old Testament. Um, that uh, Jezebel, who uh, I believe it was uh, King Ahab, um, married Jezebel, who um, was not um, Jewish, and who brought in Baal worship and a lot of that other stuff. Uh, it was kind of a sexual immorality kind of a worship. And so um, it's unknown if this is that person reference or a, a person or a movement that sort of symbolizes what Jezebel did, um, which was wrong in God's eyes. But in any event... Um, uh, Verse 21 says, I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Verse 22, Behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her I will throw into great tribulation unless they repent of her works. So this is a big rebuke of sexual immorality. And people who are just considered, you know, their identity comes from their works um, and service and faith and love. That's all great. But um, these folks, they don't have very much discernment um, about what really is right and wrong. And you've got to really, you've got to test the spirits, judge the spirits. You've got to test out what you're teaching and how you're living, you you can't just live for for great works and everything's lovey dovey. You know, you've got to be discerning what God says is right and wrong. Verse twenty three, and I will strike her children dead, and all the churches will know that I am He who searches mind and heart, and I will give to each of you according to your works. Isn't that powerful? I'm he who searches mind and heart. God knows what we're going through. God knows our mind. God knows our heart. He saves us. 
according to what he has done. But he gives according to what we do. And it's so important, not only what we do in his name, but how we do it. Verse 24, but to the rest of you in Thyatira who do not hold this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, in other words, these people who are discerning, to you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden, only hold fast to what you have until I come. In other words, keep doing your good works. To him I give authority over the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron, as when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my Father. And I will give him the morning star. The morning star, I believe, is Christ. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. That tower is doing good works but they don't have good discernment. They don't have good judgment. Christ says, hold on. Now we come to chapter 3, and we dip our toe in the water to the church in Sardis. Now Sardis was captured twice in its history while its watchmen were neglecting their duty. What a lousy uh, historical reference that is. And so the because people fell asleep on the watch twice, it's sort of a, a tale of Sardis into, you know, an example of what not to do, you know, when you're trying to protect your, your people. Now, according to my study Bible, um, Sardis at this point in John's day um had been rebuilt. I think it had been captured a couple of times, but it had been rebuilt. And uh, there was a, a theater there, a stadium, a central marble road, multiple temples. And this monumental temple of Artemis, which I think is, you know, something like six times bigger than the Parthenon in Greece. It's like one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. It's a big one, or maybe it's four times bigger. I'm not, I can't remember, but it's big. Um, so Sardis was a, so it was, um, an important, an important church to the words of him who has the seven spirits of God in the seven stars. This is chapter three, verse one. So again, a letter specifically to this church. And it's saying, the person who's writing this letter is Christ. He has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. These spirits are sort of spirits in the body of Christ. Sort of talking about the churches have their spirit, but they're in the spirit of Christ also. I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you're dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. This is a, a bad rebuke again on Sardis, and he's sort of 
He's sort of saying, wake up. He's referencing the fact that they were conquered through history twice for being asleep at the watch post. And now he's saying spiritually, you guys are still asleep. So we're going to stop here and uh, we'll see how this feels. Um, Can you imagine getting a letter from Christ like in Thyatira saying, you're doing such, such great works, but your judgment is bad and you still have sin in your life? Or the church in Sardis saying, you might as well be dead already. Your your works are dead. You're doing things, but I'm not even involved. You don't even have me in your life. Wow. So we'll stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. And um, we'll continue our study of this amazing book of Revelation next week. God bless you all. We'll see you next time. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Revelation chapter 2, beginning at verse 16, all the way to Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. So in today's study, we're beginning at Revelation 16, and we are still continuing looking at the message that the Lord Jesus Christ had for the church in Pergamos. That's a church where Satan's seat was, and this is at a time when the world began to get into the church. So, um, and, you know, it's in this period that, you know, a lot of saints of God actually stood for the deity of Christ and they defended the gospel and they defended Christ. So verse 16 of Revelations 2 reads, Repent, or else I will come to you quickly, and I will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. So, here we are speaking, um, actually Christ is speaking to the church in Pergamos. So, the only cure is repentance. And this church, they needed to actually turn to God. That's the only answer. Um and this is, you know, the only answer is the word of God. And this is applicable for us today. The only answer is the word of God. So we need to note that it's not the church, but the person that we identify with. And it's the word of God that actually becomes our authority. So it's not the church. People tend to always mistake the fact that, you know, no, I went to church. You know, they tend to look at the building and they feel, oh, hey, that is a representation of actually something holy. But it's actually the person that we actually need to identify ourselves with. That's uh, the person of Christ. That is the church. Verse 17 of Revelation 2 reads, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manner to eat and i will give him a white stone and on the stone a new name written which no one knows except him who receives it so here um 
this is applicable for us today. And this is actually for us today. So the hidden manner in this passage was God's word. And then the one that overcomes is the believer in Christ. So this is um, Christ believers. This is children of God. And we overcome by the blood of Christ and never um, because of um, never, you know, we can't overcome on our own. Yeah, we overcome because of um, the blood of Christ. So the hidden manner also speaks of the person and death of Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ said he said that he was the bread of life and the believer needs to feed on Christ. And this is a must for spiritual growth. So we only grow in um, Christ if we actually feed on his word, if we actually study his word and meditate upon his word. And then the white stone in this passage of scripture suggests that the believer is not blackballed. So we are never blackballed in heaven. And, you know, it's a figure of speech that's actually difficult to interpret. But Dr. Jiva Magi did, I think, a pretty decent job at interpreting what this meant. So Christ will give um, to each of us who are his own, uh, you know, believers, a stone. And in those days, that's how they did things. So when one had an intimate friend, you actually um, gave them a stone with a message. Um, so, you know, it could have like a word or a name on it and that's uh, on that particular stone. And it's not a new name for us or for you and me. Um, it's a new name for him. So in a, um, in a way in which he actually means to us. So it's a name like, you know, for me, if he's my redeemer, if he's, um, th- that's going to be my name for me because I have that personal and intimate relationship with him. So it's a new name for Christ and not a new name for me because we as sinners, we get um, a new heart and not a new name. That's how we're made anew. But in in this instance, in this stone, you know, the name is engraved, a new name. That's a new name of what Christ means to you, what Christ means to, to me. So... um. It's, it's in a way in which he actually means to me. He doesn't, um, and, you know, he, he doesn't mean to you um, in the way he means to me and vice versa. He doesn't mean to you the way he means to me. And each of these names of Christ will be different to every individual as it will be personal and intimate because we have our own personal and intimate relationship with Christ. Your issues, your problems, and your burdens are not the same as mine so Christ's name will be different to um, each and every individual verse 18 reads and to the angel of the church of Thyatira write these things says the son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. So here, this is Romanism. And it actually 
It takes um, us into the Dark Ages from 590 to 1517 AD. So, Thyatira, yeah, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. So, uh, wait, wait, is Thyatira actually was, you know, it was an inland city. It wasn't a coastal city and, you know, it was um, very well fortified. It was kind of like on a um, high, like rocky mountain. And, you know, all the rest of these churches were inland, you know, starting from, um, what's that church again? Um, okay, it, yeah, I, 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 I forgot it. But I, anyway, within the study, I will probably remember it. Not It wasn't the church of Ephesus and... Uh, it was in Pergamos. It was the other one, Smyrna. Smyrna was inland as well. Yes, so uh, it was a city that was built by um, Lysimachus and um, Seleucus. So Seleucus is the one who brought it to prominence, and it and it was a military city. So the elite guard uh, was there. And it was sponsored by this uh, Vespasian, the Roman um, emperor then. So it's a church um, that he's actually judging. If we actually see, um, you know, the introduction, the word that is used to actually describe describe, um, Christ here. So... um, here, that's at verse 18, it says, And to the angel of the church of Thyatira writes these things, says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame. So here he has eyes like a flame of fire. So he's searching out because his eyes are bright and they're like a flame of fire. And it says, His feet like fine brass. This speaks of judgment, you know, the brazen altar. Um, that's the altar that on the outside, so it speaks of judgment. Verse nineteen goes on to read, "I know your works, love, service, faith, and your prominence, and as for your works, the last are more than the first." So here we have a word of um, commendation, right? So here he has, yeah, the words of commendation for this church, and he says, "I know thy works." So he knew thy works of all the other churches as well, which was um, a, conda- a commendation to these churches. So there are six words of commendation to this church of the Dark Ages. That's uh, uh, Here we see Romanism. When Romanism is just taking its um, strides. So works are just um, here, in this case, works are just credentials of you know, true believers. Now, uh, you know, James has said, show me your faith without your works. I will show you my faith by my works. So many lived spotless lives and by their good works, they actually adorned God's doctrine. And um, it was a church that had love as well. That's the second um, word that's used. It had love in spite of the fact that it had gone in for ritualism but they actually loved had love for one another and then the other word is faith so faith is placed after the works and love because 
it's actually the main spring that turns the hands of works and love so so uh, people do it people do the works and um, they love one another because they have faith in Christ and then we have service service is the ministry then the other word that's used is patience patience is the fact that they actually endured during these days of darkness you know these uh, in the um, times of um, these cruel emperors and the last wor- works were more than the first. So in this church, works actually increased despite of the circumstances. So rather than um, decreased. So all six virtues are produced within the believers by the Holy Spirit. Verse 20 goes on to read, Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to reach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed by idols so <clears throat> there is one charge of condemnation against these people and this was the period when Jezebel uh, this was the period when uh, Jezebel brought paganism into Israel uh, the northern kingdom so this period was the church uh, you know this period sorry as the church um expanded actually throughout europe idolatry and pagan practices were mingled with uh christian worship and you know they just intertwined and people you know brought in ritualism and you know all these things that were not there verse 21 goes on to read and i gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality and she did not repent so there has been no change down through the centuries in this system it's still the same system they're still infusing sexual sorry what am i saying they're still infusing pagan practices into christianity verse 22 goes on to read indeed i will cast her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds so here um the great tribulation it actually could refer to the persecution that rome actually endured under um, communism or it may mean the great tribulation into which the apostate church will actually go into verse 23 reads i will kill her children with death and all the children and all the churches shall know that i am he who searches the minds and hearts and i will give to each one of you according to your works so here mind and hearts in other um translations is reigns so children here are those that were brought up in the system and death here actually refers to the second death and all the churches he refers to all the churches of all the ages so it just says and rain so, sorry so and then it says um um okay and it says i am he who searches the reins uh, so reins here means kidneys as well which actually refers to the total psychological makeup that's the faults the feelings and the purposes 
verse 24 goes on to read now to you i say and to the rest of uh Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine who have not known the depth of satan as they say i will put on you no other burden so this church um as we know from history had a brief period as it went down when the city went down when the enemy came in okay and um you know the depth of satan here refers to um you know perhaps this is dr david mcgee's opinion to a gnostic sect known as the all fights who actually worship the serpent and they make a parody of paul's words boasting of superior spiritual perception and that's what this group actually did and it was just um, all heresy verse 25 goes on to read and hold fast what you have till i come so here this actually begins now to say to the church he is coming to take us out cause of that and we should stand for him if we are to be taken out of this world as a church raptures verse 26 goes on to read and he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end to him i will give power over the nations so here the works of christ are in contrast with the works of jezebel so christ's works are wrought by the holy spirit and we overcome by faith and not by effort verse 27 goes on to read he shall rule when he shall rule them with a rod of iron and shall be dashed oh they shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessel and also have received from my father oh, as as i also have received from my father so um you know here um scripture says i will give power to the nations is actually explained when paul wrote to the corinthians and said we are to rule over the nations even to rule even over angels as well Verse 28 goes on to read, And I will give him the morning star. Um, um, so here, this bright and morning star gives hope to the church today. He is coming for his own. So the rapture of the church. And, um, and this is, um, you know, something that the church looks forward to. It's that you know, it's looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Verse twenty nine reads He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So here he gives to the churches as he gives to all. So the children of Jezebel will not hear but the true children of the Lord Jesus Christ will hear for um, the Spirit actually opens the blood-tipped ears 
and makes the things of Christ real to us. So out of Romanism and what am I saying? Protestantism. Uh, there are many that are actually turning to Christ, like within, you know, um, the Romanism system and the Protestantism system. Many actually turn to Christ. Um, so it's just not all condemnation. Something good did actually come out of it. So now we get to chapter three, and this is the letter of Christ to the Protestant Church of Sardis, and it. Sardis was a city that was actually inland. It wasn't uh, near the coastal area. So verse 1 reads, And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things says, He who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works, and you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. So this is protest Protestantism. It comes in a period from fifteen uh, seventeen A.D. to eighteen hundred A.D. And here, um, John mentions the seven spirits of God. That's the Holy Spirit. So Christ presents himself to the church as the one having the seven spirits of God. That is his. The one that actually sent the Holy Spirit into the world and the church. So Protestantism needs the Spirit of God today uh, working in the church. Because now it's it's dead. Um, you know, they've tried building and, 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 you know, trying to boost church membership, but it's, it's just dead. So we don't need methods or, you know, band-aid um, courses for believers it won't actually solve our problems what we need to do is to get the person of Christ that only the Holy Spirit can make real to us and this is um, what Protestantism needs today because it's dead so during the dark ages the Holy Spirit was still in the world doing his work it never went away so this is the period that recovered the doctrine of justification by faith that you have um you know um sorry it, it's <laughs> what am i reading yeah it actually um is the period is the it recovered the doctrine of, of, of justification by faith so um here uh, sorry, let me just read. It says, um, um, Scripture also says that you have um, a name that you are alive, um, but you are dead. It actually reads, let me just read. I know your works, and you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. This is like a scary condemnation here that we have. So this is the word of condemnation, and this is... Um, a picture of protestantism today so all the truth was never recovered um by the reformation um but um you know they did um actually turn to christ some of them did a lot and defended um uh, christ and the doctrines verse 2 
of Revelations 3 reads, Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to um, uh, to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. So here... Um, that's verse 2. This is the second word of condemnation. And it's a word of warning, actually. And it had particular meaning to Sardis. So Sardis was on the right... Oh, sorry. Sardis was on the top of a mountain. What am I saying? Yeah. That's what it was. It was a pretty good fortified city. It was on the top of a mountain with, you know, only one entrance. Um, it was on a yeah, mountain. And only had one entrance on the south side, and that was the only way uh, one could actually get um, into the city in the old days. And all that the Saudis had to do was actually put a guard um, at one of um, at at actually was actually to put a guard at one place. So um, these people in Saudis they got careless, and you know, um, on two occasions the guard actually dozed off and uh, a stranger actually walked in um, or, uh, and another one clawed the wall and, and walked into the city. Um, so, actually walked into the palace. So, um, you know, at, at that one particular place where the God was supposed to be alive and he was, uh, was supposed to be awake, sorry, and watch the city. So the Lord is now saying to this church, um, um, the Lord is saying, stay awake. I'm coming to you. That's what he's saying to this church. Because they're sleeping. So Protestantism today has turned away from looking for the coming of Jesus Christ. And they build up these systems that certain things have to be um, fulfilled before he actually comes. That's what Protestantism actually believes in. So the Sardis didn't know they that the economy sorry the Saudis sorry didn't know that the enemy was coming and they you know they actually got careless and the guard slept the guard who was supposed to be manning the gate so we today are to actually look for the coming of Christ so Protestantism did recover the authority of God's word um so the total depravity they actually recovered yeah, uh, the authority of God, the total depravity of man, and justification by faith. But there are um, many other things that they actually didn't recover from. And to and in our study on Monday, we'll actually continue a little bit more about Protestantism. So yeah, this is our teaching for today. Thank you all for listening in. God bless you all and have a pleasant Friday. Bye-bye.